Welcome to this special JustCast series about the upcoming Reclosure 2021 conference. We're going to have a brief conversation with our speakers and workshop leaders, asking them some questions about their life and job to get to know them better ahead of the conference. Hope you're going to enjoy it. Today with us is Alex. Alex is Head of Design at Apps Bank, working at design, analysis and optimizations of apps on the web. Alex is giving a talk at Reclosure this year. Hi, Alex. Thanks for joining us. Let me start by asking, how did you get into computers and what is exciting for you about software technology? Oh, hi, Rento. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, getting into computers is actually a funny story. I actually started off manipulating the config files of uh, a Dragon Ball Z game we had as a kid. Um, I wasn't happy with how powerful Android 18 was, so I worked to, to make a better. And that was my first taste of, you know, programming. And then in school, I, we had IT as a subject, and it was hardware and software. And then from there, I really carried it through. You know, studied computer engineering at varsity. Um, and so, yeah, I've always been excited about computers, and I still am. So, um, yeah. Fantastic. And uh, do you have a computer science hero, um, or somebody you would like to have lunch or drinks with, and... What would you ask to this computer science hero? Um, yeah, I do actually. I mean, he's not technical computer science, but he worked in the field. Um, it's a priest called George Lemaitre, um, and he, he he lived the same time as Einstein, and he's actually the one who like invented the Big Bang, so to speak. Um, but then he also worked on computers to inv- like work discover the fast Fourier transform, which is you know mm-hmm. what really supports most of our audio recording these days and then he was nominated for a Nobel Prize in physics and in chemistry you know and for me that's so cool that you know he was a priest like you know in church and then on the mm-hmm. another moment he's busy writing code another moment he's like thinking about the universe so I mean a beer with him would be amazing <laughs> and uh, do you have a, a favorite piece of software I <laughs> I do it might be controversial nowadays but my favorite piece is actually uh, Google Chrome. Um, I still remember the days when we were always trying to find a browser that worked all the time. And I think for me, when I discovered Chrome, it, everything changed. You know, being on the web became more fun. So I still have a soft spot in my heart for Google Chrome. Okay. Did you like dig in the in the sources uh, in any way? No, 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 not at all. Not from like a, as a developer, just as you know, when I was, before I started using Google Chrome as Internet Explorer and trying to write front-end code for Internet Explorer is a disaster. And then I did some work on Opera Mini and it was so constricted. So when I discovered Chrome, I was just like, wow, this is so good. <laughs> it's so nice as a developer developing for Google Chrome. <laughs> I see. So it's from the user persp- user experience perspe- perspective. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yes. Um, if you would change one thing about software, what that would be? So, you know, maybe cleaning up some mess on the web or something about how software is developed, something like that. Is it like any any like big change you would take? Um, so, I mean, I, I I do a lot of front-end development as well, not in CurioScript yet. So if, if there's something I would really like was to have like one rendering engine so that all the styles are supported, all the cool new things. Because at the moment, it's like 
something new comes out that makes the web better, then it's like, okay, it's not on Safari or it's on Safari on web, but not on mobile. It's not on Chrome. It's not on this. So it'd be really nice if we could like standardize the web. It would make testing for the web so much easier. Um, and then I think generally as a developer on the internet, it would be really nice if, you know, the barrier to entry was lower. You know, mm-hmm. I find that, that when you want to pick up a new language or a new tool, there's so much configuration and someone can just miss one thing and then, you know, you're just stuck and you find yourself mm-hmm. deep in stack overflow. So I think if like the documentation that got people into software was, was, um, was better, you know, um, I think that would be really great. And mm-hmm. I think for me, I, can, I mean, it's still very recent for me, like, you know, when I started learning Clojure, I had no one to ask. So, I mean, sometimes I actually had to read the source because that was all that was available. Um, so that's something I wish that, you know, as a developers, we would do better. I mean, I'm also guilty for not writing great documentation, but I try. Right. <laughs> great. Uh, um, and how did you get involved with uh, Clojure? Um, so, I mean, I actually just stumbled across the language. Um, I just, I did remember my, in my AI textbook in Varsity, it said like, if you want to work in AI, Lisp is great. So I just started dabbling around in Lisp. And when I looked at it, I was like, this seems like it's going to be a mission to set up. So I, I literally Googled a modern Lisp and that took me to Clojure. Um, <laughs> and then I started learning Clojure. Um, I was put off by the JVM and I tried to find alternatives for a while, but eventually I um, you know, just stuck at it. And I found it actually very like very nice. The parents were, after a while, you know, it stopped being an issue. Um, but what really got me, like, in the closure community and you know, developing closure in Angus, when I submitted a talk um, for Closure South in Brazil, and then actually meeting people who write code in Closure, and you know, I met um, Daniel who wrote uh, Closure for Believe and True, and that really like sparked mm-hmm. Closure in me. And then from there, I really like started using it um, in earnest. Yeah, that's one one book that I always suggest. Mm. And uh, what what's your favorite thing about Clojure? Um, my favorite thing is really how it handles no, because in JavaScript, I mean, there's a null, there's undefined, there's a blank string, um, and that's always messy. But in Clojure, you know, I really like the fact that if you do a keyword as an as a function on an, on something that's a no value. You don't get a null point exception, you know. Most closure core functions handle null so gracefully that it's not an issue if null gets passed into your code. So that's something I really like about um, closure. Yeah, and I also like the fact that it's it doesn't bring its own complexity really. You know, I mean, I wrote some code when I first started closure, and it ran for three years, you know, without any drama. You know, I think it. I mean, the company shut down, but the code is the server is still running. You know, and hasn't crashed. Mm. So for me, I really like the fact that also closures like it's really reliable. Mm. You know, and if you're doing freelance development, it's really great to not have to worry about midnight calls because your code won't randomly just break. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Um, do you have a, do you have a favorite core function, perhaps? Yeah, I do. Um, the threading macro. I mean, when I first started a closure, I mean, it was impossible to know what it was because it's just a symbol. Um, but now I, I use it all the time. You know, it's just so nice to visualize how you're transforming something, you know, just with, with um, a single line. So, I mean, it's my favorite by far. 
yeah, well, they are very abused sometimes. Um, but I would say that normally they are used correctly and uh, there's no abuse. Um, if you could be like anything different in your life uh, other than, you know, doing software development or design, uh, what that would be? Um, I think I'd like to be a teacher. Um, okay, maybe I'd rather say a lecturer. I don't know if I can teach 18-year-olds. But, I mean, I did some, you know, I was a system lecture when I was studying, and it's really nice just, you know, helping people learn new things and seeing, you know, how they grow and how much joy they find in succeeding, and then when they get a job and they come back and, you know, say thank you for, you know, teaching them. Yeah, I think I could I could go into teaching. Um, it's also a very relaxed lifestyle, except that exam period. So, um. <laughs> but not, um, yeah, both for the teacher and the oh, yeah. alumni. Yeah, marking is terrible. You know, at one point, I actually took my mattress off the bed, put it on the ground, and I would had a little table, and I would just mark until I'd fall asleep, and then wake up the next day and mark until I fall asleep. <laughs> so when uh, when you are stressed, you have so many things to do. What do you do for for fun, like um, win? Well, since I don't work as a developer in my spare time, I do I do you know write open source code, so that helps me unwind. Um, but I also really like um, PC games. Um, I grew up a gamer, so um, mm. yeah. So I like that. Next on my list is uh, Far Cry Five, um, mm. and then my wife and I do like to visit wine farms. South Africa has very nice wine farms, so mm. we do like to just go and spend some time outside drinking wine. Mm. Yeah. yeah, true. And uh, any um, game you would recommend, since you are a gamer? Oh, that I'd recommend. Okay, mm. two very different ones. So one is called um, Gris. It's like a platformer, and it's like a metaphor for the five stages of grief. Very beautifully done. Um, and then a more action RPG I'd recommend is called Hellblade, Seno Sacrifice. Mm. And the character you play in, in, in Hellblade is a lady who has psychosis, which really, mm. you know, it, it really... It almost feels like you're living with it. It doesn't make it like it's not a parody or anything. It's a very like um, a real experience, you know. So that's a game I definitely recommend anyone play. Okay, I'll I'll make sure that this is in the show notes list. Um, what's your idea of perfect happiness? Perfect happiness. Yeah, I, I think it's really being able to to use your time um, as you see fit. You know, so that you feel like, you know, you have enough time to work and but you also have enough time for family and to explore your hobbies and your passions. Um, yeah, for, so for me, finding that balance, you know, in the things you enjoy um, and the things you need to do is, is very, I think, for me, is perfect happiness. And I think the, only the, the important piece is for me is being able to then do it, you know. Sometimes, you know, you have lots of time, but you feel lazy and you don't use it. But when you're using all your time well, for me, that's where at least for me personally, where I find perfect happiness. Mm -hmm. And yeah. is there like a, a, a perfect place maybe where do you, you would most like to leave? Well, I mean, I already live in the greatest city in the world, but if I was to leave Pretoria, um, I think it would be really nice to live in Spain. Um, my wife and I went there on our honeymoon and it's a beautiful country. We both love Spanish. There's big parks. Um, you know, and for me, it's and it's also like it almost feels like arts and culture are so close to daily life. You know, like in Madrid, you know, you could go to 
to El Prado and just look at more paintings than you could ever imagine. So Madrid <laughs> would be a lovely place for me to live. Um, yeah, and also yeah. it would also remind us of our honeymoon. So you know, it's also special for us in that way. For sure. Yeah. Um, now, like uh, we are closing, about to close it with the with the, with the questions. What is your favorite pizza topping? Is a very important one. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't worry, I, uh, I'm not going to say anything controversial. Um, I hope okay. it's not. Um, <laughs> I do like ham on my pizza and mushrooms. Um, I mean, oh, yeah, so, so simple, elegant. Um, I, I would say it's, it's, it's definitely not, I mean, not the standard, but classic for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very, one good, of my, very good. One of my good mates is Italian. So, you know, I haven't, he's kept me on the straight and narrow. No pineapples or things like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I think that was a good suggestion overall. <laughs> um, okay. So um, before we close, maybe uh, without like giving too much away, uh, but can you give us a little bit like of introduction or idea about what the, what your talk is about, if you have already that idea? Yeah, so my talk is um, about a, a library I'm building called PCP, and it it brings the simplicity of uh, deploying websites that was that or I guess is in PHP to Clojure. Um, for me, that's super exciting because one of the things I found most difficult was deploying a web app. So with PCP, you can deploy. Multiple multiple web apps on a five dollar box in DigitalOcean. Um, I think that's really cool. Hmm. So yeah, yep. and uh, it started when lockdown started. So it's also in a way this project is a, a lockdown baby. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm curious to hear about it. Um, is there anything else we forgot that we do you would like to add? Um, maybe not forgot, but I think one thing I do always appreciate is how open and friendly the closure community is. So I guess to everyone who's listening, thank you for being a great human and welcoming to new joiners like I once was. Oh, fantastic. That, that was a great message uh, to, to close it off. Uh, well, um, thank, you for your, thank you very much for your time, Alex, uh, today. Uh, and uh, I hope our audience um, is going to enjoy uh, this interview and your talk. Thank you very much, Alex. Thank you for having me.